0: my 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 hallelujah there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability but will always provide a way of escape amen so this morning why don't you find two or three people and pray for one another today you know the bible says pray for one another that you may be healed Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you just need some encouragement. Maybe you just need a touch from the Lord. Of course, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I realize we live in the USA, but you know, prayer is good. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Look at your neighbor, greet one another, and tell them, This is my receiving day. <clears throat> Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good day to be in church, right? Better than being in jail. better than being hung over. Now don't get me wrong, if you are hungover, you can get help in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Some of the things that uh, we're going to be saying together is our vision is being fulfilled. And together we are reaching the lost, healing the hurting, and maturing the believer. And we declare that in 2017, at least 3,500 people will receive Jesus as their Savior. Amen? We're declaring the favor of God provides opportunities to make wonderful things happen. And we are in a time where those opportunities are unprecedented. So take that with you. And on the break or in the morning, during your prayer time, that'll probably just take you about three minutes. Just add your faith along with ours. And we're going to see some good and wonderful things happening. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's great. And so we uh, are thankful for the faith of God that lives on the inside of us. You know, the Word of God says that we have the spirit of faith. And I'm thankful for people that have, over the years and over the decades, have brought in of their time... And their talents and their treasures into the house of the Lord. Jesus is our Savior, our Healer, our Baptizer with the Holy Ghost, our Sanctifier, our Provider, our Wisdom, our Strength, our Light, the soon-coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Woo! That's who Jesus is. We believe it. We declare it. And we receive. Amen. Just so go like this right now. Say, I receive, I receive. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I mean, you know, if we went home right now, we could say we've had church. I mean, singing Waymaker and Jesus is... How can you lose with the anointing that we have? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, before we receive communion, we just purpose us our heart to feed on manna from heaven. Thank you for this great people, this great congregation. You are a great God in our midst. We pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. We pray that our spirits would be strengthened. We ask for the anointing. We ask for direction. We ask for that which should be said in this time, for it to be said in love and under the grace of God. And Lord, we covenant with you ahead of time to give you alone all the praise, all of the glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So I'm going to do part two of Jesus is our Redeemer. Last week, we found out that He is our Redeemer. We discussed the fourth man in the fire. Amen. Now today, we want to look at redemption as it relates to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So open your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 18 and 19. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18 and 19. So get your spirit ready, get your heart ready to receive the word and to receive communion today. First Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, I'm just going to read this one translation to you for the sake of time. But one translation says, you know that in in the past you were living in a worthless way, a way passed down from the people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. We have been saved from a useless life, and we have brought, been brought into a fruitful life by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the blood of the everlasting covenant will equip you. It will make you what you ought to be. It will enable you to be a fruit bearer. The Bible says that God has ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit. And it doesn't matter how old you are or what your age is. If you're older, the Bible says that you can be flourishing in the house of God, still bringing forth fruit in old age. Amen. So the blood of Jesus is precious. And how many of you know that souls are precious? I'm glad that God did not look at Mark Thomas when he was 20 and 21 years old, an addicted heroin addict, and say, Oh, brother, I want nothing to do with him. Jesus shed his blood for the precious fruit of the earth. He does not see us through the lens of sin. He sees mankind through the lens of the blood of his son. And all that men and women must do is call on the name of the Lord, and they shall be saved. I called upon him when I was 24, and he answered me. Hallelujah. And brought me out of the pit and put me into the pulpit. Glory to God. (laughs) So the, (laughs) the Bible talks about the precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit of the earth. And the husbandman's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. We're going to see a greater harvest than we've ever seen before in the next few years. So he equates the precious blood giving for the precious fruit of the earth. Showing us that to God, the precious fruit is equal to the value of the precious blood. Now, when we talk about the word precious, we're talking about the same word which is used to describe gold or metals or jewels. I want you to know today that you are worth the blood of the Lamb. That was what, that's what was paid for your redemption. And that is what sets your value forever. I know this for sure. The more that I see the value of the blood, the more I see my value in Christ. Hallelujah. Billy Brim says this, If you will make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. I'm looking at a congregation of blood-bought believers with blood-bought benefits. There are no self-made men and women here. We are bought-made men, bought-made women, blood-bought and Holy Ghost-taught. For you have been bought with the price, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Adam, he sold us into sin. He sold us into slavery. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He bought us by right of creation. Adam sold us out, but thank God the Waymaker came on the scene. I said, The Waymaker came on the scene. The Savior came clothed in flesh, lived a sinless life, went about feeding and healing and raising the dead, and one day he gave his life a ransom for all. Woo, hallelujah. He died. He was buried. He went into the pit of all pits. Satan was strutting his stuff, thought that he had him down for good. But on that third day, he got up. Hallelujah. He rose up. He rose up. And now he lives forever on the inside of you and me. Amen. You see, man's blood was contaminated through Adam's transgression. And this condition passed on to the whole human race. But say it with me, Jesus brought us back unto God Jesus us back by, by, his blood. by His blood. Now in Jesus Christ, the last Adam, God established a new bloodline. What, what did He establish? He established a bloodline of champions. I'm not looking at a congregation of losers today. I'm looking at a congregation of winners. I'm looking at a congregation of more than, more than conquerors. I'm not looking at a congregation of victims today. I'm looking at a congregation of victors. I'm not looking at a congregation of beggars today. I'm looking at a congregation of believers. Amen. Amen. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the Nike, the Nike, that overcometh the world, even our faith. The bloodline of champions. He has a history in making somebodies out of nobodies. He has a history of taking cancer out of people's bodies. He has a history of taking the Itis brothers and putting them down once and for all. Because he entered in once and for all and obtained an eternal redemption for us. Now I've been told that in Lexington, Kentucky, they have some fine thoroughbreds. How many of you have ever watched the Kentucky Derby? I mean, it is quite an event, is it not? Yes. And some of those horses, those thoroughbreds, are worth millions and millions of dollars. I've been told that to breed one out of one of those champion horses, it costs about $600,000. Isn't that amazing? Why are these horses so expensive? Because they have the bloodline of a champion. (laughs) Well, Jesus is the champion son of God. He is the son of man. And in Christ Jesus, you are more than a champion through him. Amen. You're a chosen generation a royal priesthood. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. That you should lift up your hands and show forth the... <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Thoroughbreds don't walk like mules. Do they? You see one of those thoroughbreds in the Kentucky Derby? They are. They're ready, right? Well, you're a spiritual th- thoroughbred. We should not walk through this life with our heads down, our shoulders slumped. We should walk through this life with our head up, looking unto Jesus, our shoulders straight back, ready for any race, ready for any battle that we may face. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many of you remember the show Biscuit? Well, Seabiscuit was a story of a racehorse who was racing for the championship. Seabiscuit had experienced a great injury. They didn't know whether Seabiscuit would ever come back. Maybe you've experienced a victory. I'm not likening you to a horse, but I am likening you to a winner. And maybe in life at one time you were limping, but you know what? He is the mender And he is the one that pours in the bomb of Gilead. He is the one who can restore your life to health and heal you of every wound from your past. Physically, mentally, every area. He is your healer. So Seabiscuit was on the mend. And finally, Seabiscuit made it to a place where the horse was ready to finish its career in this huge championship race. And the owners got together with the jockey. And they instructed him on what to do during the course of the race. They wanted Seabiscuit to pace himself during a certain portion of the race to be out ahead. And to kind of let another horse that it was his main contender pull up right alongside of him. He said, when that big old horse pulls alongside Seabiscuit... You'll notice that his eye will catch Sea Biscuit's eye. And when his eye catches Sea Biscuit's eye, that's all he'll need. Sea Biscuit will be able to move into another gear. And that's exactly what Seabiscuit did. If you've seen the race, their eyes caught one another, and Seabiscuit took off and won the battle. Oh, hallelujah! <laughs> And in life, circumstances, sometimes all we need is the circumstances to look us eye to eye. You can have an eyeball to eyeball confrontation with death, the devil, sickness and disease. But I'm telling you what, something on the inside of you will kick in. Hallelujah. It's the winner on the inside of you. It's the champion on the inside of you. And you'll be able to go into another gear you'll be able to go into the faith mode and you will be able to conquer every battle that comes your way somebody shout amen Amen. and so through Jesus Christ he has established you as a champion there is life in the blood of Jesus say that with me twice there's life one more time One last time. You know, the children of Israel knew that the life of the flesh of an animal was in the blood. And they were not supposed to eat of the blood or drink of the blood. Why? Because he made that as an atonement for their souls. Because he said it's the blood that atones. For the soul. Say it with me there's life in the blood. blood. You know, sometimes people need what they call a transfusion. And sometimes people get really anemic and it gets to dangerous levels where really it could cost them their life. So oftentimes what they do before they will give them a transfusion is they will give them either a shot of something called procrit, or they will give them iron pills, whatever the case may be. And, but sometimes it's necessary to give them a transfusion so that that blood can get in them and bring their hemoglobin level up to where once they were pale, once they were yellow, but I've seen it on the faces of men and women that have had a transfusion, all of a sudden their face becomes flush. Well, before you were born again, you were spiritually anemic. But when you got saved, my brothers and sisters, there's something in the blood called Zoe. What's in the blood is eternal life. What's in the blood, hallelujah, will cause you to be flush in every area of your life. The Bible in John chapter 1 and verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Say with me, in God, in in the blood, blood, there's resurrection life. life. Now, I love this statement. This Zoe, this life, is a force so great, the possessors of it will never die. The possessors, you're never going to die. I'm never going to die. Somebody says, you're never going to die physically? Well, if Jesus tarries, I will die physically. But I'd rather go by Rapture Airlines. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd rather take Rapture Airlines. How about you? I love to get up in the air. I'm not afraid of flying. I'm flying this afternoon. And when I get up there about 35,000 square or thirty-five thousand feet above sea level, I look out there and I see the majesty of God. Ooh, I feel closer to God up in the air. Amen. But United Airlines, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, none of those airlines can touch rapture airlines. Hallelujah. I'd rather go by way of the rapture than die physically. How about you? But if the rapture doesn't happen before we go on to be with the Lord, you and I are going to be rapture ready. I didn't get that big of an amen on that one. I said you and I are going to be ready for the rapture. Whoa, people get ready. There's a train a-coming. Hallelujah. People get ready. There's a cloud a-coming. <laughs> so he says, why are you so expressive? I just can't help it. It's just like fire shut up in my bones. I'm so full of the Spirit and so full of the life of God. It's coming out of my mouth. It's coming, in my, coming out of my veins, every area of my life. Whoo. Everyone say, Zoe. But it's important to know that you're never going to die. You are an eternal spirit. You will either go to heaven or you'll go to hell. No purgatory. Nobody's going to be able to pray you out of purgatory because you're not going to purgatory. If you call on the name of the Lord, you are going to heaven. If you haven't called on the name of the Lord, why don't you do so this morning so you can make sure that your reservation is secure. Yes. See, I have a reservation today. I've got this reservation. And so when I go to check in, they'll say, Oh, yes, Mr. Thomas, yes, we have you. The back of the bus, please. No, But you have to have a reservation to get in. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth. And I am the life. You know, another thing about being rapture ready. Remember... The possessors of this Zoe eternal life will never die. Jesus is coming soon. Now, he didn't come last Saturday, but he could come this Saturday. You know, sooner or later, one of those folks is going to hit the date. Everyone say, Jesus is my Redeemer. But another thing about being raptured ready you've got to be ready for the trip because in a moment in the twinkling of an eye he's going to come in the clouds and he's going to catch us up in the clouds and forever we're going to be with the Lord but I do not want to be unprepared I'm going to live for him I'm not going to live for me I'm going to serve him I'm not going to serve me I'm going to live holy by the grace of God. I'm not going to flirt with the world and have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. Uh -uh. Those days are over for the people of God. Come on, somebody. We've got to be rapture ready. We've got to be prepared. You know, Brenda left Thursday for Branson to spend some time with her grandson. And she told me over and over again, now, you need to put this in this bag. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to get my shower cap. You need to get my belt that I forgot. I got to go home. (laughs) You understand? I won't be in the foyer today. I got to go home. Because I've got some preparations to finish. And to go home, we must be prepared. You all probably had the bad experience of packing up and prepared and all that stuff and you forgot something. Well, in life, you can always go get a toothbrush. You can always go get some dental floss, amen? Some razor blades or whatever the case may be. But one thing you do not want to forget, you do not want to forget to be born again. You do not want to forget to be saved you do not want to forget to confess with your mouth because you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life come on somebody let's say amen there's Zoe <laughs> there's Zoe in the blood of Jesus he's redeemed us unto God by his blood think about what that's worth have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Ponce de Leon? I think old Ponce was deceived. He came all the way from Europe to Florida. And you know what he was looking for? He was looking for the fountain of youth. I guess he didn't find it because old Ponce died. He was trying to stop the aging process. But oh, there's one that was born of a virgin. Hallelujah that rose over death, hell, and the grave, proving the value and reality of an endless life. Hallelujah! And the blood is still speaking to us this morning. The force of life that is in the Creator, that same force is in the blood of Jesus. And say it with me, the the blood of Jesus will never ever It'll never, it'll never, never, it'll never lose its power. Ooh, it reaches. What does it reach to? The highest mountain. And what else does it do? The lowest valley. Oh, the blood. That what? That gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. There's power in the blood. Mm. I feel like singing it. Man, I might take some singing lessons. (laughs) The blood of Jesus carries the life of the new creation. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. When this gets on the inside of us, it's going to put some vitamin B in us. You know, people say, take vitamin B12, take vitamin B6, that's all great and that's good, but I prefer vitamin boldness. You get a revelation of Jesus being your Redeemer, and Him redeeming you by the blood of the Lamb, it'll put boldness into you. Look quickly over at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 through 14. Hebrews the ninth chapter, and verses 12 through 14. And then we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 12, it says, It's neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. How many of you know there was not any eternal life in those sacrifices in the Old Covenant? But by His own blood, He entered in how many times? He entered in once into the holy place. And what did He do? He obtained eternal redemption for me. Say it with me real strong. I have been been eternally redeemed. redeemed. Now notice verse 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the hashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh... How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from what? From dead works. Or we could say purge your conscience from condemnation. For condemnation is the confidence killer. Purge your conscience from sin consciousness. Purge your conscience from Insecurities, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now notice that's through the blood. Now notice Hebrews chapter ten verse nineteen and then verse twenty-two. Someone say I'm getting fed today. Yeah. Now notice this word boldness, vitamin B. Therefore, brothers and sisters too, having boldness to enter in to what? By what? You have the right, the privilege, and the right of access to enter into the throne room of grace in your time of need just by virtue that you've been washed in the blood. Isn't that good news? Now notice in verse 22. Let us draw near. The main thing that keeps people from drawing near is fear. Amen. But let us draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of what? Having our hearts sprinkled within, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is a beautiful quote. I don't know where I heard it, but I love it. Listen to this very carefully. If the blood of Jesus has the power to remove your sin from the mind of God, it has the power to remove your sin from your mind and your consciousness. Oh, hallelujah. Does God remember our sins? No, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions for us. He said, I, even I, am he that bloteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins anymore. If he doesn't remember him, we know who does remember him. The devil remembers him. And he's trying to get you to rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it it over and over again. We need to shut that recording down. We need to turn that DVD, the devil's video, whatever, off. Amen? And just say, no, thank God, I've been washed in the blood. My past is history. Now I'm living my life on his story. Hallelujah. No more condemnation, no more guilt. Come boldly to the throne of grace and receive what the Lord's got for you. Wigglesworth said this. He said, There is not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. He always reveals the blood of Christ. He is the lifting power of the church. And he goes on to say, the blood of Jesus can reach into the secret recesses of your motives and purposes and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, all iniquity, all sin, all shame, and all guilt. Woo! Say with me, because the blood has been shed. I have boldness in him. You know, the story is told of a woman, and Billy Brim tells this story, and I believe that it actually happened. A woman had a very colorful past, kind of like some of you. (laughs) Kind of like some of me. She had a very colorful past. You know, was probably active sexually and probably doing a lot of drugs. A lot of things before she called on the name of the Lord. And in her dream, she was before the gates of heaven. And there was a man there. There was an angel there. And there was a group of people there. And the angel or the man asked the question, well, why should you be allowed in, sir? He said, well, I went to church every Sunday. He said, ah, that doesn't get it. He said, how about you, ma'am? The lady said, well, I taught Sunday school for years. She said, that's good, but no, that doesn't do it either. How many of you know by grace are you saved through faith? And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. And then another person. Man, how did, how, why should you get in? He said, well, I gave to good works. I served in the church. I brought my offerings. angel said, no, no, no. And her trembling there, knowing that very soon it was going to be her turn. The angel pointed at her and said, why should we let you in? She had all of these thoughts and all these things that came to her mind. She thought, I was a hippie. I hadn't done anything good yet. But out of her mouth, she said, I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I plead the blood. And the angel said, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Hallelujah. Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you called on the name of the Lord? Are you relying on your education? Are you relying on your service or even your tithes? This way of salvation is only to be found in him. So what have we talked about today? Number one, the blood of Jesus is precious. He gave it for the precious fruit of the earth. Number two, we discovered that there's life in the blood. Amen. And that life is in you. And number three, we found out that we can be bold because of the blood. Hallelujah. Blood bought boldness. Blood bought. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost taught. But this last one, we're only going to spend a few minutes on it. This last one is really, really important. All you've got to do is turn the news on. All you've got to do is read the newspaper. And you can see devastation on the right and devastation on the left. If you weren't firmly grounded in the words of faith... And if your spirit was not being nourished up in the words of faith, it could cause your knees to knock. It could cause great fear. And so what we want to talk about in closing, that there is protection power in the blood. Listen, friends, there's protection for you. There's protection for your loved ones. Oh, hallelujah. I I, I hear the Hammond organ right now. There's protection. There's protection on the freeway. There's protection in the airway. There's protection in the malls. There's protection wherever you go. And even though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, it'll not come nigh thee because you've been purchased and bought by the blood of Jesus. Shout with me. There's protection in the blood of Jesus. But this is not something that will happen automatically. This is something that must happen purposely in your heart. For day by day, you must apply the blood and plead the blood and declare the blood over all your ways. And I certainly will keep you in all your ways. Amen. Amen. In Exodus chapter 12. You don't need to turn there. But Moses was chosen by God to set the children of Israel free from Egyptian bondage. He went to Pharaoh repeatedly and said, the great I am says, you need to set his people free. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, not just once, but his heart was hardened several times, was it not? And he said, I will not let them go. So listen, plague after plague after plague after plague. And yet Pharaoh's heart was still hard. In the last one, Moses came. If you do not set the children of Israel free, the firstborn of all in Egypt will die. The firstborn will all die. And yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he wouldn't let them go. But how many of you know, that there was still light in the children of Israel's tent. There was a plan that God had for them to keep them safe when that tragedy was taking place. And it's found in Exodus 12 and 13. Now listen to this. It says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. He told them to kill of the lamb, eat of the lamb, and take the blood of the lamb, and take the hyssop, And I want you to apply the blood on the doorposts of your home, on the doorposts of your tents. Now listen. And he says, and when I see the blood. When I see the blood. Can he see the blood? Are not his eyes upon his blood-bought children? Can he see? Can he watch over your life when he sees the blood and he hears you proclaiming the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus? He said, when I see the blood. I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is symbolic of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood was a sign to Israel that they were safe. It was a sign also to the destroyer that you cannot touch this house. You cannot touch my people. You must pass over them. And today, the blood still speaks to the enemy. It speaks of his defeat. It speaks of his doom. It speaks of the prevailing power of Jesus, our Redeemer. Hallelujah. So you and I have a clear sign. We have a proof of Satan's destruction. The blood of Jesus speaks of your protection. I cannot stress strong enough the importance of you. Pleading the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus every day. Many mornings when I awake, I'll say this over this congregation. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my loved ones. You are my loved ones. I have you in my heart. PT, Nance, PK, we have you in our heart. And so I say in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over all of our friends, all of our partners. In Jesus' name. I declare no weapon formed against them will prosper. We pray that God's richest and best be yours on a continual basis. And then in Jesus' name, I will plead the blood of Jesus over my natural family. Over my beautiful wife, Brendan, my grandchildren, Livy, Lucy, and Eden. Over James and Esther and over John and Lindy. In Jesus' name, no accident shall never overtake them. I plead the blood. They will live long and they will live strong on the earth. What am I doing? I'm exercising faith in the blood that has been shed. And I'm proclaiming the name above every name for their protection and my protection. And not only that, but I'll plead the blood of Jesus over my spirit. And over my soul. And over my body. Some of you need to be pleading the blood of Jesus over your mind. Because that's where the battleground is. How many of you know the devil is a liar? And he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And he will bring things to your soul that your spirit detests. He is a liar. So instead of sitting there and listening to him all day long, we need to pull down those strongholds. We need to cast them down with the blood and with the name of Jesus. You tell him, there ain't going to be no disease around here. There ain't going to be no lack around here. There's not going to be any mental torment around here. Depression, discouragement, disappointment. You get out of here in the name of Jesus. The force of disappointment comes from the bit of hell. And it comes on the wings of discouragement and depression. You've got to nail discouragement right in the bud when it knocks on your door. You've got to nail it with the name nail it with the blood and start putting your hands up and encouraging yourself and the Lord your God hallelujah Amen. see he knows the entry points into your life he knows those areas that have bothered you in the past don't let the devil see you sweat yeah you may have yielded in the past to that worry you may have yielded into the past to that fear and anxiety but today's a new day Somebody says, somebody say this, there's a new sheriff in town. A sheriff that's been blood bought. I can't stress this enough to you. The Bible says, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amen. Don't let those things cast you down. You cast them down. Brother Moore says, of casting down imaginations, Brother Moore says, that word cast means slap it down. Slap it down. Slap it down. down. Amen. Those strongholds that come into the city of your soul must be kept at bay by the blood of the Lamb. And in closing, look quickly to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. Say with me, Jesus gave me authority to use his name therefore in the name of Jesus I bind up every principality every power every ruler of the darkness of this world I bind and cast down spiritual wickedness and I render them harmless and ineffective against me my family my ministry my church my money my body, my, body, my, body my, nation, my nation, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Revelation 12, verse 10. Read it with me. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren, the accuser of our brothers, what? Cast up. What do you do with the devil? You cast them down, and keep them down. And here's how you do it. Verse 11. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? And they, that's you and I, overcame him. That's the devil. By what? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We overcome by the what? By the blood of the lamb, but not, but, but, but not only that, and by? That word, word there is rhema. I'm looking at overcomers. All week long, I want you to remember that by the blood of the lamb you overcome, as you add your testimony to it, as you add faith-filled words with it, you will always triumph in whatever you face. Amen. Well, I've got, that's about it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Whoo, glory to God. We talked a lot about being rapture ready. We're getting ready to receive communion. Are you ready? Are you prepared? And if you're not prepared, we're not going to ask you to come to the altar, to come to the front today. But if you're not prepared, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray with you. And I want us to pray this corporate prayer before we receive communion. Somebody says, well, I'm not sure whether I'm saved or not, but I want to be. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.